three quarters of dates that fall upon August 4th are the 216th day of their year. Next year, everything will be slightly changed, so let's all experience this normality while we can. We are now 59% of the way through 2023, a year that perhaps has proven there is no such thing as a normal year for Charlottesville community engagement. I'm still Sean Tubbs, either way. On today's program, there is more time to apply for the vacant seat on the Charlottesville Planning Commission in advance of public hearings on the city's new zoning code. There's still time to vote on a new name for Albemarle's new street sweeper, an initiative related to both water quality and public safety goals. The University of Virginia responds to the U.S. Supreme Court ruling that ended the legality of affirmative action in college admissions. Albemarle County has awarded five climate action grants ranging from worm composting to grassland restoration at Dardentau Park. The head transportation planner at the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission explains why a project to create one map for bike and pedestrian infrastructure has stalled. And preliminary feedback is in for the region's long-range transportation plan. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, by now, readers and listeners know that WTJU's position on algorithms is that they're not so good in selecting music. But do you know that the radio station also celebrates puzzles? In fact, on Saturday, August 26th, WTJU is organizing the second annual Seaville Puzzle Hunt, a huge cerebral puzzle that will spool out across downtown Charlottesville. The Seaville Puzzle Hunt will take you and a team of friends on a wild afternoon, running around trying to untangle five diabolical large-scale puzzles inserted into the urban landscape. The opening clue will be read at 3 p.m. at the Ix Art Park. Find out more about this WTJU-organized event at SeavillePuzzleHunt.com. The release of a consolidated draft of Charlottesville's future zoning code has been delayed another week, which could push back public hearings and ultimate adoption. The city has also pushed back the deadline to apply for a vacant seat on the Charlottesville Planning Commission. That's the appointed body that advises city council on land use matters, including the comprehensive plan and the zoning code. Would-be applicants have until August 31st to apply to replace former Commissioner Liz Russell, who has since left Charlottesville after resigning earlier this summer. In June, City Council reappointed Commissioner Hosea Mitchell and Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg to new four-year terms. At the same time, there was only one other applicant who was not selected for either of the two positions last time. So let's see how many there will be this time. In late June, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a 6-3 ruling that ended the ability of higher education institutions to consider race or ethnicity as a factor in admitting students. This week, top officials at the University of Virginia responded that they will follow the law. Here's a section of a letter from President Jim Ryan and Provost Ian Balcom. We also will do everything within our legal authority to recruit and admit a class of students who are diverse across every possible dimension and to make every student feel welcome and included here at UVA. 
The letter lays out three admission practices that will be followed, including not allowing anyone involved in the admissions process to see information on the application form regarding a candidate's race or ethnicity. Each applicant can choose to disclose that information in the personal essay, however. To the extent a candidate's race or ethnicity is disclosed through this process, that information only will be considered as it relates to that person's unique ability as an individual to contribute to the university, and not on the basis of race or ethnicity alone. For current and historic demographic data about students, faculty, and staff at the University of Virginia, take a look at their diversity dashboard. Albemarle County is in the nascent stages of establishing its own public works department, and one of the first moves has been the purchase of a large vehicle intended to clean streets in the urban area. Here is a section of the budget summary for fiscal year 23, written by County Executive Jeffrey Richardson. Investments in an urban right-of-way program, including launching a local street sweeper program, and property maintenance will increase our management of our public spaces and the safety of our built environment. The capital budget for that year includes $385,000 to purchase the street sweeper and $50,183 to hire a full-time operator. The vehicle is set to arrive this month, and Albemarle is conducting a poll through Monday for the public to choose a name between nine choices. There's a link to the poll in the newsletter. The finalists are Lightning McLean, Bruce Street Clean, Lil Bo Sweep, Sergeant Sweeper, Beeper the Sweeper, Sweepzilla, Sweeping Beauty, Dirt Vader, and Emily Broomtay. During a two-month rental of a street sweeper, Albemarle picked up over 100 tons of trash and debris. The Engage Albemarle website extols the environmental benefits of street sweeping. Street sweeping helps preserve our roadways by removing wearing debris and extending the life of paved roads and paths. Street sweeping helps protect wildlife by eliminating the number of plastics and litter that end up on the sides of roads. Street sweeping helps to remove harmful metals and pollutants that can enter our air emissions. By reducing the amount of road debris, street sweeping helps preserve our local waterways and air. One of the new initiatives suggested in Albemarle County's Climate Action Plan is a program to fund community programs intended to help the overall community reduce greenhouse gas emissions. A call for applications was issued in March, and now the county has made five awards totaling $100,000. They are... A group called Autism Sanctuary will receive $25,000 to create a worm composting project to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, promote green gardening practices in the local community, and provide additional jobs and learning experiences to those with autism in Central Virginia. The nonprofit Community Bikes Organization has been awarded $25,000 to expand a project called Bicycle Recycling, Refurbishment, and Redistribution with the goal of providing more affordable and sustainable transportation options to underserved communities in Albemarle County. The International Rescue Committee runs the New Roots Farm, and they will use $20,020 in part to purchase equipment that is not powered by fossil fuels. They'll also create a democratic self-determination process for designing its largest community garden. A nonprofit group called Flip Incorporated will receive $18,600 to fund job training programs for both designing and installing solar facilities that will be aimed at underserved communities. 
And finally, the Peabody School will get $11,380 to engage the public and get youth involved in Piedmont grassland education and conservation through a grassland restoration project at Dardentau Park. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, the Charlottesville Jazz Society is pleased to announce a new monthly series devoted to showcasing this area's great local jazz talent. Beginning August 27th at Miller's Downtown, every final Sunday of the month will showcase the finest bands in and around Charlottesville, Richmond, and beyond. To kick things off, one of Charlottesville's favorite drummers, Jim Howe, will bring an exciting group featuring internationally known guitarist Royce Campbell. Jim Howe and friends will play from approximately 6 to 8 p.m., opening things up after that to any musician who wants to sit in and jam. These local jazz spotlight shows are free and open to the public and are sponsored in part by WTJU Radio. The CJS is grateful to Millers for their longtime support of jazz in Charlottesville and for offering a home for this new series. For more information on the Charlottesville Jazz Society, now in its 16th year of preserving jazz through live performances and education, visit seavilljazz.org. Two more segments to go today, and I apologize in advance, the audio is not necessarily the best. A project to create a single resource of pathways for non-motorized transport in the Charlottesville Albemarle area does not appear to be happening in the near future. The idea had been suggested at the same time as the Jefferson Area Bike and Pedestrian Plan, adopted by the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission in March of 2019. Here is Sandy Shackelford, Transportation and Planning Director for the TJPDC. But the actual work associated with developing the one map resource was never um, um, specifically listed out on any specific entity's work plans. Shackelford said it was up to localities to do the work to create the map, and that depended on staff resources in both Albemarle and Charlottesville. So Charlottesville was working on it for a while, I think Albemarle worked on it for a little bit, but we were never actually able to move the project um, forward to completion. One issue is that Albemarle, Charlottesville, and the University of Virginia all code their data differently, which creates incompatibility issues. However, the TJPDC has updated the website of the Regional Bike and Pedestrian Planning Coordination Committee with all of the individual data from each jurisdiction that was to have gone into the one map. Perhaps you'd like to have a go at putting some of it together. All that data is on the website. The Jefferson Area Bike and Pedestrian Plan instead lists several specific recommendations for new infrastructure in all of the TJPDC localities. Have you ever taken a look? And has anybody ever done an update to see what's happened since? I'd like to know. The Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission is currently working on a mandated federal plan to give state and federal agencies a rough sketch of what transportation projects are desired in the next 25 years. Public engagement began this summer on the Moving Toward 2050 plan, with a goal toward prioritizing the many possibilities. Here's Sandy Shackelford, Transportation and Planning Director for the TJPDC. We're trying to find out where are there opportunities for improvement in the networks. So we're asking a lot of questions about where do you see problems or opportunities, and what kinds of problems and opportunities do you see? Are you having trouble getting places? Why are you having trouble getting places? How are you trying to get there? 
There was an open house at the downtown transit center on June 21st. A survey is currently live and had 250 responses as of July 26th, with more on the way. Shackelford shared preliminary results with the Metropolitan Planning Organization's Policy Board. Uh, priority is safety, followed by the environment. Based on just the feedback we got from the um, comments at the transit center, the priorities were, um, were actually the highest was uh, efficiency and economic development. This round of public engagement is expected to wrap up at the end of the month. There's still time to fill out the survey. Supervisor Ned Galloway expressed skepticism that enough was being done to educate the community about the whole process. He wanted the TJPDC to make presentations to Albemarle's community advisory committees. Because I don't think the average citizen, not that I'm like downplaying folks' ability to understand things, truly understand how long-range transportation plan impacts transportation priorities of projects in over two different jurisdictions. And here's a reminder that the point of Charlottesville community engagement is intended to try to provide some of that education. After all, how many other articles have you read about this topic in other places? And is the is it as thorough as this? Hell, I don't know. I just do what I do. Now I have done number 562. Did this one need to be a podcast? Maybe not, but it is anyway, because it doesn't seem right to me to produce just a written version. The audience is lower for the sonic version, but audio production is my first love. At some point, I hope some of this gets on the radio or I figure out how to get more listeners. Share with your friends. Either way, all of this is funded by listeners and readers who want more information about this community than otherwise would be available. If you'd like to join them, Substack subscriptions are matched by Ting. Ting is an internet company that seeks to build community, and that's what this newsletter is all about, too. And maybe you're a UVA student looking for fast internet. If you sign up for Ting at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code community, you're going to get free installation, a second month for free, and a $75 gift card to the downtown mall. Thank you very much, and... See you at 563.